Without further ado, let's get started on to today's daf. Uh, today is daf ches. Yesterday is daf zayin. We'll do a review of yesterday's daf. We did not quite finish yesterday's daf. We are learning the nishmas fruma bas shmuel shimon and also Daniel Barnett Baruch ben Yudaleib veEmi. And with that, let's get started on the review. What did we learn yesterday? So we started off yesterday talking about, I think we uh, started off um, a little ways up on Davav on the base. And um, the question, the question at the, on the table was, um, what is the, the basis that you're allowed to drink kosher milk okay, uh, from a kosher animal? I mean, uh, we, it seems that there's a, a strong reason why it should not be allowed. After all, it's either uh, uh, considered basically a form of blood, and it should be usher as any blood is, because that's one opinion, uh, that that's what's going on, that that's the makeup. The makeup of milk is, is similar to the makeup of blood. And, bodily uh, fluid. It's a bodily fluid, like blood, but it's like blood. But I'm saying it's connected to blood somehow. And even if you say it's not connected to blood, it's a different fluid, but uh, it's, it's coming from a living being. It should have a thing like Avram and that's just another factor. So, and it's not, the point is, we don't look at it like, um, See, like water. Is, uh, a huh? baby drinking mother's milk. Yeah, right. Breastfed. It's, it's, you can consider it also to be from a non-culture. Right, exactly, but that, that's that's a very good question as well. But here we're talking about from a from a kosher animal is the question. Weird, what's the basis for a kosher animal? You're right. From mother's milk, it's almost like, it's like uh, I think like the svara is like you know the fact that you know Hashem created that obviously to feed the baby. Obviously, a baby's not mechuyev in mitzvahs anyway. Right, right. But it could be that there's you know there's you know like it's illogical to assume that that should be usher. But the point is. From a kosher animal, why should what made who says that milk has to be allowed? It's not like written right. in stone. Anyway, so we brought a few sources from various psukim um, that seem to indicate that milk is being mutter. Some of the sources we were able to push off and say it's not necessarily a proof because you could say that uh, maybe they were going to do schora with milk and uh, don't prove it from the fact that Basar Chalav is also implying that Chalav alone is mutter because. Could be that it's extra iser, the iser hana, or an extra iser of uh, iser bishul. So those are not necessarily proofs. But we did find uh, finally some sukim that uh, they sent milk or cheeses to the war. Um, obviously, it's not to sell uh, because they're not in the business of doing business. And when you're in war, you're fighting. So it's for cons- consumption, it's for eating, and obviously they would be allowed to consume that. So that's one basis. Alternatively, um, we saw the pasuk of Eretz Zavas Cholov Dvash. It's illogical to assume that the Torah would would praise Eretz Yisrael with quality of milk when it's not something that is even permitted to partake from. So yeah, got it. I do. The Torah did not mean almond milk. No, no, Cholov is ah, that's that. Almond milk is basically water with, you know, with white coloring. <laughs> it's very little, though. It's mostly water, yeah? How can we derive all the cashew's laws that we have nowadays from Alte Vashir? I mean, people have asked me this in the past. I tell them, I don't know. I told them, it's a Rabbanan, probably figures in the Talmud, but 
I mean, the, and the Humroda Dar today, I mean, Chalak uh, Yosef, uh, and all these things don't appear here. That's not true. We already saw, you were not paying attention. We saw basically everything. All the, Beis Yosef, Chalak Beis Yosef is, is, is Gemaras that we learned about in the Trefes. The question of a hole in a, a sircha in a lung, and we yes, talk okay. exactly. Like yourself, okay. it's, that's ex, that's explicit in the yes, in, yes, in yes. the Gemara. Okay. So the and and the the eighteen trefos is 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 is, is true. That is halacha Moshe Mishini. We have a tradition going back from verbally, orally from Moshe Arsina. These that this is a tradition. These are trefos. Basar b'cholav is a lot, but you have to realize it's two facets of basar b'cholav. Basar b'cholav, on the one hand, is what's written in the Torah three times in the Torah. It says basar b'cholav, lo which we understand is telling us three things. Number one, there's an iser bishul. Number two, there's an iser achila, and number three, there's an iser hano. This the prohibition to benefit as well. Now, that's. That, that's one thing. Then you have to, a whole other discussion is that how much of a mixture is considered Basar B'chala. So that goes by the regular rule of uh, which is also Allah Batal B'shishim. Right, exactly. And Batal B'shishim is based on also oral tradition. That's why we have a tradition that the Chacham figured out that, si- that when you have 60 times one thing over the other it makes it indiscernible that you cannot and it has to be that you can taste it. But this is the, all these things are Derived either from, from either from orally halachal Moshe or there's a text base, but that's basically where we're getting it from. All right. Anyway, that's it. Okay. Uh, so basically, um, those are all the bases, the the sources where we know that milk um, is permitted. So the Gemara says. So we learned that milk from a non-kosher animal is prohibited. From how? Because it says a camel. In the Parshin Shmini, and it also says the laws of camel eh, that it's also prohibited back over in Sefer Dvarim. So we say that the second time that it mentions camel is to tell you that even that the issuances, the the milk from the camel is also prohibited. Fine. So Gemara says, but what about all the other animals that are repeated in the second parsha? You you don't have an explanation for them, and um, and uh, we we have a rule that when the Torah repeats a parsha, it doesn't have to. Um, have a chiddush in every facet of the parsha. You could say that it's coming to tell us one new thing, and that's why we had to repeat the whole parsha. So the same thing by the laws of kashos. There's uh, in the in the in the animals that are permitted. There's one new animal that wasn't referenced earlier, and that's a it's like a special type of animal that has two backs to it, and uh, that that's what it's come, That's why the parsha was repeated. So why don't we say that? Why do you think we mentioned camel? It was all to tell you the same one thing. And uh, and by bird, there was one new bird that wasn't mentioned in the previous uh, parsha, the ra'a. It was only mentioned in the second section. So that's why it was repeated for the one new thing. So why don't we say the same thing? So the Gemara told us a very important principle that the only time we say that is when we don't have a drasha to say. So we say, okay, it repeated for that one thing. But once we have an explanation why we'd repeat it to teach us something that we don't know, then that's a good enough reason. Okay. So that took us to the new topic, which was um, uh, the concept of the machlokis between the Tanakhama and Reb Shimon with regards to um, regards to Bechorah, firstborn. And we know that uh, according to um, according to the Tanakhama, according to the first opinion, when you have a firstborn that's 
looks different than the species of the mother. So it's not chayv b'b'chorah, it's a nidme. And what is the, uh, uh, but, but what if it has some asimonim similar to the mother? Then it is chayv b'b'chorah, then that would be enough to be obligated. So the, and Reb Shimon argues, and he says, no, it's only going to have a din b'chor if it's rosho v'rubo like the mother. Meaning if the mother's a sheep, so this offspring has to have the head of a sheep and most of the body like a sheep. Even if, let's say, it has a tail similar to a goat, that doesn't bother us. Okay, or some parts of the animal, not. But Rosh you still will need to have a din b'chor. The question the Gemara wanted to know is, what would Rabbi Shimon say about eating? Does he say that when you have a similar appearance to it, the, again, because we know Rabbi Shimon holds that uh, and if an animal doesn't look like uh, the right species, it looks like a camel, so then it's, then it's not going to be kosher to eat. What if it has mixa simonim of kosher, similar to a kosher animal, but not all? Does he also need for that Rosh Hashanah? Yes or no? That was the question that the Gemara wanted to know. So the Gemara brought some rayas back and forth. First proof was that it seems that it says, starts talking about Be'emet Torah, Shayodim in Be'emet Me'ah. It says that it's also Rachila. If it's Rosh Hashanah similar to the mother, then it's Chayi Be'bechor, which is basically saying that Achila also requires Rosh Hashanah. So the Gemara says, maybe not. Maybe that's only for Be'chorah and not for Achila. I, and guess what? That actually fits in because why do you think we switched between Achila, which we started off talking about, that if it looks like a camel, then you can't eat it. And then we said, and if it's Rosh Hashanah, then it's going to be Chai B'Bechorah. You didn't mention anything about eating at this second statement because only B'Chorah requires Rosh Hashanah and not um, and, and not, um, not as far as eating goes. So the Gemara says, does that prove it? No. Maybe Reb Shimon is trying to say that you might think by Bechorah that Rosh Hashanah alone is not even good enough. Maybe it needs to be fully like the mother because it says, because the drasha was Bechor Shor, right? Which means that the Bechor has to be a Shor and the mother has to be a Shor. Um, and maybe unless it's 100% like the mother, it's not going to be Chayi B'Bechorah. Kamash that Rosh Hashanah is good enough. So uh, that's why it had to say that. But it could be everything requires Rosh Hashanah and would not be permissible with just Mikza Simon. So then we tried another proof. It says, Pasuk, Zelo Tochlu, Mimale, Agerim, Mafisei, Parsa. And uh, this is what you don't eat, but you do eat. Um, that's whatever is Babis Yimenechad. Okay, and uh, what is that Babis Yimenechad? Um, that's a Tamish, Shenolad, Minator, Vibur Minator. The father is, was a kosher animal, uh, the mother's a kosher animal, but it looks like a non kosher animal. And uh, that's what's permissible, according to the Tanakhama. What if it's Ibura Minatami? What if the father wasn't kosher? So then it's, uh, then that's not kosher, because that's sex of him, seizim. Both parents have to be kosher. Okay. Now, um, that is Rabbi Shua. Rabbi Leazar says the Torah is not going to come to be matter what's already mutter. It's coming to extend the heter to tell you that even when it's Ibura Minatami, it's going to be tahor. That's basically the idea. Now, the words further. Uh, clarifying these two sides over here. So, um, why, if we call it Tame, um, uh, so obviously uh, we are holding like who, like Rup Shimon, who says that when an animal doesn't have the correct simonim, 
even if it comes from a mother that, that does have the correct simanim, it's not going to be kosher. Um, and that's going like Rav Shimon. And yet it's saying that you can eat it if it has partial simanim of kashus. So which is a raya. So the Gemara says, not true. Could be that this Tana agrees with Rav Shimon in general, that when it doesn't have the simanim, it's, uh, oh, both, doesn't have either, uh, the, the simanim of Tahara, it's going to be prohibited. But if it has a partial simanim, but, uh, but uh, when, as far as the partial simanim thing, maybe he argues on Rav Shimon and says, Shimon requires Rosh Hashanah, and he says Rosh Hashanah is not, not necessary. Mix the simanim is good enough. So it's not a riot. Okay. Um, other, there's a whole other version of this, uh, of this, uh, uh, this discussion in question and answer form. Basically, they, they said, what does it mean when it says in, the, we quote, in this quote over here, Iburo Minatami? It's not physically possible for the mother, uh, the, for the father, to be a non-kosher animal to impregnate a kosher animal. And we have, as Reb Shuban Libby says, that it's never you cannot. There's no such thing uh, for a tummy animal to be impregnated from a Torah animal, or vice versa, a Torah animal to be impregnated from a tummy animal. Nor large species to small, or small to large. It's not physically possible. Nor behema from chayer or chayer from behema. The only case that's the no, one exception is according to Eliezer and the opposing opinion that there's some an animal called a koi which is a mix between a chai and behema. But that's the only exception for chai behema to even have to be able to cohabit and produce an offspring. So um, anyway, so the Gemara says. So what does it mean that it was a, 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 that is ibura minatame? How could it, what does it mean atame? So the answer is that the the that the the, the father was a kalot, meaning his his hooves were happened to be attached; they were not cloven and uh, not fully opened. And uh, even though the mother was a cow, so it is the same species, but it has a deformity. <laughs> and it's going like Rib Shimon, who obviously considers that if it's missing the simonim of tahara, it's not going to be permitted to eat. So. Um, and uh, it's saying that, but if it has some of the simanim of Tahara, then it would be good enough. So you see that Rav Shimon holds that you don't need Rosh Hashanah. So the Gemara says not necessarily true. Could be that this Tana holds a little bit like Rav Shimon, but a little bit not like, like we answered before. Now, the Gemara wanted to know an interesting question over here. So we don't have a raya so far to our question about what Rav Shimon say about Rosh Hashanah, but we got sidetracked over here with this machlok between Rav Shimon and Rav Eliezer. Because they just flipped up their normal opinions from in general. Here, Rabbi Shua seems to be saying that Zev Zegorim is Asr. And Rabbi Eliezer is saying Zev Zegorim is Mutter. And yet, in other halachos, by a Vlad Trefa, where the mother's a Trefa and the offspring of the mother that's a Trefa and the father was healthy, uh, Rabbi Eliezer says you can't bring it as a Korban, that, that offspring. And Rabbi Shua says you could. It's the same thing. Zevzeh Gorim, according to Rabbi Eliezer, is Asr. And Zevzeh Gorim, according to Rabbi Shua, is Mutter. So they just flipped sides. What's going on? So the Gemara explains, you're right. In general, Rabbi Eliezer holds Zevzeh Gorim is Asr. When you have two sources, one of them being prohibited, in the offspring, it's going to be prohibited. Right? Why is it here different? Why is it more lenient here? Because the Pesach says, Sex of him, Viseizim. Why does it mention the second time Seh? The extra word says to tell you that a set anyway is good. Even, even if one of the offspring, one of the parents is not, uh, you know, whatever, is, is tummy, it's still going to be tar. That's how he learns. And therefore, over here, it's a special exception. What does Rabbi Shua say? 
generally over here why does the Torah say why does it say Ksavim and Isim it should have just said Kesev Sure, Kesavez. Why does it say Ksavim to say Izim? That's to tell you that both parents need to be a Ksavim and both Kvasim and both parents need to be Izim, which is saying that you need that it's not good enough otherwise. So anyway, the point is, according to Rabbi Shua, it's an exception Luchumra. According to Rabbi Liazor, it's an exception Lukula. That's the answer. Okay, brings us to the next thing, which is the bottom line answer. Rabbi Shimon says explicitly that when it says Camel. Twice, it's telling you Gamal Anolim Min Gamal and Gamal Anolim Min Apara. It doesn't matter who the mother is, it's going to be prohibited. And if it's Rosh of Rubal, similar to the mother, then it'll be Motor Bachila. So, what do you see? That when, even when it comes to eating, Rabbi Shimon holds, you always need Rosh of Rubal, the head and most of the body to look like the right species. Then it's going to be kosher, otherwise, not. Even for Achila, not only for Bukhar. So, that was the answer to our question, and we finally got a source. Okay, took us to the next thing, which is that we had a, like a line in the end of the Mishnah, which says that what comes from Tameh is Tameh, what comes from Torah is Torah. And the question that we wanted to know is what about urine of a donkey? Is urine of a donkey permissible or prohibited to drink? You follow? Urine of a donkey. So the Gemara says, why are you only asking about donkey urine? Why don't you ask about horse and camel urine? The answer is, it's because that's obvious that it's not going to be a problem because their urine is fairly not so bad smelling, and it's not similar to milk, which is considered, like, you know, changed, okay, from water, and that's why we don't automatically allow milk, because milk is clearly very different than but water. You, you explained yesterday that anything that is not touching the body, the body is producing it, is not being transformed by the body, Ella. It's well, that's what I'm saying. So we're, we're, we're reviewing, right? So we're going through the, the order of, of the question, okay? So why is it, what is the deal with urine of a, of a donkey? The reason why we're asking specifically about donkey urine is because its urine is particularly foul-smelling. It smells bad. It, look, it, 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 it looks like it and also is not clear like, like water. And therefore, that's why we think that maybe it's worse than regular horse or camel urine, which there we just say water comes in, it drinks water, and this is water that comes out. It's a little colored, discolored, but it's not really different than water, basically. It's primarily water. So that's why maybe, that's why by horses and camels we know it's allowed. By donkeys we're questioning. That was the question. And because it's, because it's, since it's so different than plain water, it's kind of like milk that need, that maybe is also us or like milk is. So the Gemara says, um, uh, that was the question. We had two sides on that. So the Gemara says, maybe it's really water, and it's just uh, smelly because of the heat of the flesh. Anyway, so Rav Shesha says, what do you mean? That's our Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Yotzei That means that's coming to include even the urine of the donkey is tame. That's what he's saying. It doesn't say mi tame, that it has to be part of the animal. It's min hatame. So in fact, the urine of a donkey is prohibited. That's what he's saying. There's another version of the discussion that the question was not uh, limited really to donkey urine. It really would apply as well to horse urine and to camel urine. The only reason why we ask about donkey urine is because there's a reason why people might drink it because it's actually healthy for jaundice. It, it cures, it's, it's, it has curative properties to it and that's why, um, right, if a person, you know, whatever. Anyway, the point being is, is that that's why they would drink it. So what's the story? So Rav Shesha says, 
Um, our Mishnah, it says, Yotzim in a tummy tummy, Yotzim in a tar tar, is it coming to include the urine? And it's basically saying that it's tummy and it's not allowed. Okay. So on that basis, basically, whatever, even just going through the body, pass through, it's still going to be prohibited. So the question then is, is that why is it that you are allowed to eat honey from a bee? It's also passing through the body of the bee, and it should be prohibited. That's the question uh, that comes out from this. And the Gemara says, and we said, because it's only passed through. So isn't that a contradiction? Here you're saying, just even though it's, you know, the water that it drinks is coming through the body, and it's still prohibited, say the same thing over here, that the honey should be prohibited. So, the Gemara says, it's going like Rabbi Yaakov, who says that there's a special Xeris HaKasov, the Torah particular permits honey. It's an exception to the rule. Bryce says, Rabbi Yaakov says, You're not allowed to eat a Sheretz of Tami. Obviously not. Well, it's an explicit puzzle. So obviously it's saying that Isser to Sheretz Of is only to the Sheretz Of itself and not to what passes through. So pass-throughs of Sheretz Of is going to be permissible. What about the other bugs? There's other insects that produce some type of uh, excrement or whatever, excretions, are they also going to be mutter? Um, so the Gemara says no, because it's only honey, because honey is the only one that doesn't have any name attached to it. But um, but, uh, but but the, the other ones is called, you know, Dvash Gazin or Dvash Sirin, it's not called plain Dvash. And um, that's the basic idea. Um, when we say dvash, we're referring to horny honey. Honey, bee honey. Okay, standard dvash means bee honey. Now, oh, it's interesting that uh, in the Gemara, when they used dvash, it was really primarily date honey, actually, not, not bee honey. Uh, standard dvash of the Torah, when it says Eretz Zavas Cholovu Dvash, wasn't even talking about bee honey at all. It was talking about dvash tamarin, date honey. Okay. Okay, um, anyway, uh, so the Gemara saw actually another Bryce that says that the, that the honey, even from Gazan and Sirin, is going to be the mutter. It's tar and mutter bachila, which is not like Rav Yaakov. It's tar, which means that, you, that it's not normally food, so it's not basically assumed that it's eaten. And that's different than, um, than honey, because standard honey, even in the honeycomb, is going to be tummy Thomas Ochlin because it's already a food, it's innately a food, as opposed to this, you have to have in mind to eat it to have a status of food. It took us to the next topic, also very interesting. And there was this pride, I think, did I, did I make it to the Mishnah yesterday? I think yeah. I did. I went all the way to the Mishnah. So there's this, um, uh, this egg that's, that, that a donkey, female's donkey, seemed to uh, exude, and we, they thought it was some something from the body of the donkey, and it's not allowed. So, um, um, and then Rav Safra explained that actually it's not what it is. Uh, what that is, okay, the, it's apparently the uh, a gazelle was, uh, would, you know, would want to have relations with its, with a female partner, gazelle, but it's very difficult sometimes because it's very tight, and very difficult to have relations. And uh, therefore, it would go to a donkey, and it would be able to um, to release his semen. Okay, you going? Have a good yom tov. Okay, good yom tov. Good Shabbos. Okay. 
um, and um, basically release the semen in the donkey, and that's what's coming out, and therefore it's actually permissible. Technically, it's coming from a kosher animal, which is very interesting. Now, Rav Huna says that, that the... Um, that the shilya, the afterbirth of a of a of a uh, of a donkey, is permissible because it's not part of the donkey at all. It's just pirsha be'alma. It's just like excrement. It's like it's like a, it's not part of either animal. And we brought a source to that. The Brisa says that uh, even from humans, it's not going to have a status of a dead body. Either it doesn't make a difference who's dead, the the mother or the child. Or even both of them, this this is not a, a part of an, a, a, a part of a of either body, and um, and we have a brisa that says it explicitly. Even though you could argue, but the brisa says beferish, so where it says, okay, if you have a brisa that says it straight up, it makes no difference whether he is alive and the mother's alive, or he is dead and the mother's dead, both are dead. Still, this is not part of either of their bodies, and therefore. It, uh, he says, if that's true, so then indeed we have a raya that this considered just push of alma. It's like uh, just uh, waste, waste body waste. It's waste from the, a waste product. And that's why it's permissible. And that is where we got up to yesterday.